Women's Health Melbourne is a boutique specialist fertility and women's health practice, caring for women at all life stages. We're proud to provide world-class holistic medical care, including IVF and a range of other fertility treatments. We provide our patients with every opportunity to achieve their goals. Our two Melbourne locations are in Fitzroy and our new state-of-the-art Caulfield practice. Reach us at womenshealthmelbourne.com.au and you can follow both Women's Health Melbourne and Dr Radia Lou on the socials. Welcome to Knocked Up, the podcast about getting pregnant with Dr. Rayleigh Alou from Women's Health Melbourne. Up until now, we've only been available on iTunes and we are now available on TuneIn, SoundCloud and Stitcher. So please tell your friends who are on Android that they can now find us by Googling the podcast name. We also take requests and welcome feedback and you can find us on the socials at womenshealthmelbourne.com and under Women's Health Melbourne. Uh, we also have an email address, podcasts at Women's Health Melbourne. Today's episode is part two of The Old Fashioned Way, so you might want to listen to last week's episode first where we talk about the body parts and how everything works. Today we talk about when to try. I also referenced Degrassi Junior High and being 15. I just want to be clear that I am not that old. Welcome to our episode. One of the trickiest things when you're trying to get pregnant is working out when is the best time to try. Is there a best time to try? Is it that simple? Uh, so a lot of the assumptions about when the best time to try to get pregnant is are around a 28-day cycle. And that's fantastic if you happen to have a clockwork 28-day cycle and you mostly ovulate on day 14 and, and trying in the lead up from about day 12 to day 14 is ideal. The problem with that is that a lot of people have a cycle that's a little bit different. And for women who don't have a 28-day cycle, it can be real guesswork when ovulation is going to happen. So how do I know how long my cycle is? Is that it's the first day of my period is the start of my cycle? That's right. So by convention, we start the, the cycle with day one being the first day of menstrual flow. Okay. So that's day one. And then how do I know how long my cycle is. So you can track your cycle and you can track it with a calendar or you can track it with an app. A lot of people track their cycle with a period app. The problem with relying on a period app when it comes to predicting your ovulation is it's only accurate in retrospect. So you only know how long your cycle is going to be, how long it is until the first day of your next period. Or if you're trying to get pregnant, you're hoping that that doesn't happen. Uh, but you only know that information in retrospect after the event. And the app doesn't have any biological feedback to your body to be accurate and predict when ovulation is going to happen in that particular month. So the app completely relies upon you entering the correct data and it doesn't take anything from what's actually happening in your body. Yeah, that's right. And sometimes what happens in one month is different to what happened in the months before. And so it doesn't necessarily pay off to work out when ovulation is likely to occur based on what happened before, especially if someone's got an irregular cycle where one month might be 28 days, but another might be 35 and another might be 42. And what the app's doing is averaging them all, which might be completely different from what's happening in a woman's body. 
And also, I suppose it's averaging the last, as you know, however many months you've been entering data, as opposed to possibly a pattern that's occurring in the last three to six months. Yeah. Yeah, and a lot of women are proactive, and if you are trying to get pregnant, you might be doing things like exercising to reduce your body weight, or changing your diet, or uh, increasing kind of adherence to certain interventions that your doctor might prescribe to help you to ovulate. So things might be changing significantly, and that's where apps really let women down. So going back to how to know how long my cycle is. So I get my period, that's day one. I have my period. So I'm looking for when I'm going to ovulate. How many days is it usually, how do I know I'm ovulating? Okay, so I would encourage women not to worry too much about having sex exactly on the day of ovulation. If we had to hit that kind of strategic target all the time, we'd be extinct as a species because there's only one day when the egg can be fertilised and that's when it's released. Um, But actually sex in the lead up to that event is much, much more important because sperm can stick around in a woman's body for up to five days. So I, I talk to my patients about the egg being a shooting star and the sperm having to, you know, hit that moving target being unrealistic You want to think of sperm more like paparazzi on a red carpet. They're not going to turn up the moment that the star waltzes down the aisle and get the perfect shot. They've got to hang out there for a little bit of time before the event and be waiting in action. (laughs) So that's the kind of thing you need to do. You need to pick up the signs in your body that ovulation is going to happen in the next few days and then make sure you're having intercourse every second day around that time and you want to cover the lead up to ovulation and the day of ovulation. Why every second day? I find that's adequate, you know. So it doesn't statistically improve your chance to have sex every day. As long as you're having sex every second day around that time, that's fine. And having sex every day, it can cause irritation and uh, it can ruin relationships when you're trying to conceive. It can take away the romance. Um, that, that thing where a woman's going to call the man because now is the moment, get here. Yeah, it's not, I'm ovulating. Not, not, not particularly romantic. <laughs> yeah, so it's, and it's not necessary. It's more about getting, getting the timing right and making sure there's a reservoir of sperm there. Now, obviously, we're talking about normal sperm. And that can be a bit of a pink elephant in the room, especially if a couple have been trying for many months without success and the sperm hasn't been tested yet. So I'd say, ladies, if you've been trying for a long time and nothing's happening, don't just blame yourself. Also get your partner tested. I think that goes back to something we discussed in one of the first episodes about how it's so important that both people are tested and it could be nothing on either side or it could be something on both sides and it should never assume it's the woman, even though society seems to do that. Yeah, so I'll talk a little bit about the menstrual cycle because that's a way that you can tell when ovulation's likely to happen. So in the human, in human women, The follicular phase of the menstrual cycle, which is the first phase of when an egg is developing, um, getting ready to ovulate, can vary quite significantly woman to woman, even when women are normally and regularly ovulating. But the luteal phase, which is the time... So that's the time from ovulation itself until you either miss a period or get your next period. That is very constant. 
So most women have a, a luteal phase that's plus or minus one day around the 14-day mark. So that means from when you ovulate until when you get your period, it's about 14 or 15 days. And so retrospectively, you can kind of figure out when you ovulated in a given cycle based on when you got your next period. But there are signs in the lead up to ovulation that are quite um, obvious once you know what to look for. So one sign may be fertile mucus, um, which sounds disgusting, but it's actually quite... Absolutely disgusting. (laughs) It's actually not. It's actually quite easy to look for, but it's not copious. So it's not going to be pouring out of the vagina or you're not going to be having soaked knickers or anything like that. So... So you do have to be... noticed that before we started trying for a baby, if that was the case. Yeah. So most people have to actually genuinely look for it to find it. So don't worry if you haven't noticed it before. But basically what fertile mucus is, is a kind of thick, viscous mucus, a little bit like kind of snot texture, (laughs) but clear. And it comes from your cervix. And this has a purpose. So the fertile mucus's purpose is to trap sperm and help to convey the sperm. It's like the highway for sperm um, to go up the mucus column to where it's needed in the fallopian tube. Okay, so basically what you're looking for is a little bit of extra thicker mucus. Yeah, some people call it egg white mucus. So, And it can be quite stretchy. So if you you think you've got some of the right stuff, a common test to do... Um, maybe not so common amongst amongst people, but if you have a look on the internet, there are millions of videos of this. Um, you can actually stretch the mucus between your fingers and it doesn't break until you've had quite a long, stretchy, stringy bit of mucus. And so that's how you tell it's the fertile mucus. So that's a sign of ovulation? No, actually it's not. It's a sign that ovulation is going to happen soon. So the mucus starts to happen around the time your estrogen starts to rise. And what makes the estrogen is the following the cells um, surrounding the structure that's going to release the egg. So as that ripens, you start to make a lot of oestrogen and the oestrogen prompts your body to make the mucus. Okay. So another thing people sometimes talk about is temperature and charting your temperature. And basal body temperature can change subtly around the time of ovulation. That means so your basal temperature is 36-something that's your base and so you need to know what your base is to see if there's a fluctuation. Yeah, but, you know, that's kind of really hard to measure. So unless you have a super accurate thermometer and you're really OCD and you're charting it at the exact same time every day, wearing the same amount, having done the same amount of exercise, I mean, it's not going to fluctuate that you know, much that it's easy to tell. So I would genuinely, um, genuinely um, tell people not to worry too much about basal body temperature. Some people tell me that they can feel when they're ovulating. Is that possible? Yeah, it, it can be possible. And some women are really sensitive to ovulation. And that's great because they know exactly when they're ovulating. But most people, even when they're concentrating on the event, might not realise that they are. Do you know what it would feel like? Just a bit of discomfort. It's called Mittelschmerz. And it's a German word. It means middle pain because you get your period in the middle of, well, you ovulate, beg your pardon, in the middle of the month. Okay. So what, so I like that. Um, so what we're saying is that it's about 14 days from the first day of your period that you'd ovulate, ovulate if you've got a perfect 28 day cycle. So a few days after, and then two weeks after ovulation, you'll get your period and it starts again. Yep. Or you'll be pregnant. Or you'll be pregnant, or obviously, or you'll be pregnant. So you're saying the best 
way to start trying is to have sex every second day in the lead up to ovulation. So really those days from when your period ends until around the middle of your cycle. Yeah. Because the day after ovulation, a full 24 hours after ovulation, your chance of getting pregnant is actually zero. So there's basically 13 days of the of your cycle where you cannot get pregnant. There's more than 13 days when you can't get pregnant. So there's about five days in your cycle where it's possible to get pregnant. And that's the lead up to the day of ovulation and the day itself. And after that, the ship has, has gone. So how do... How are there so many accidental pregnancies, if that's the case? Well, spe- I say so many. I mean, when I was 15 and that's, we watched Degrassi Junior High, that was, <laughs> that was an issue. Yeah, and I think, I think that's actually, you know, it, it was a big problem in the past because people weren't necessarily educated about sex and fertility or contraception for that matter. And I think our generation have had a big push on contraception. So we know how not to get pregnant. And of course, the AIDS epidemic in the 80s and people really worried about sexually transmitted infections, as we should be, because things like chlamydia and gonorrhea, although they can't necessarily kill you, they can make you infertile. So it's still important to have protected sex for reasons other than pregnancy, especially when we're not planning a baby. But you know, we know a lot about how not to get pregnant, but women don't necessarily have the same degree of education on how to get pregnant if they are trying. Yeah, but the, back to your question of why so many accidental pregnancies. Well, I think we don't have as many these days. I think we're doing a better job with contraception and, and emergency contraception now being available over the counter if someone does have a slip up or a one night stand and, and don't want to be in the situation where they're having a baby. When we're very young... So when we're kind of, you know, teens and early 20s, um, we are very fertile. So if you do try at the right time or within the right window, um, the chance of getting pregnant is the highest it'll ever be. Um, But it doesn't always persist that way. Um, We also feel very in the mood when we're fertile and that's our nature's way of trying to get us pregnant. So that wants us to be ready to get pregnant. Yeah, so we do have a greater statistical chance of wanting to have sex around the time that we are fertile. So forget the numbers, have sex when you feel like you want to have sex? Yeah, absolutely. So have an idea about when you're ovulating, have an idea of, you know, the signs that your body gives you that the time is right and have sex when you're in the mood. Sounds really easy. Hopefully it is for you. For more information about Dr Rayleigh Alou and fertility services, visit the Women's Health Melbourne website or find us on the socials under Women's Health Melbourne. Thank you for joining us. See you next week.